You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. Broadcasting from the Hub City Comedy Studios here in beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Joining me as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. What's up, my man? We are here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Hopefully somebody listens to this this week. <laughs> listens listens are going to take a dive i think this week listens maybe not maybe li- not listens probably will plummet um <laughs> unless we get marshant kenny on here every week we're probably going to have trouble catching up to that but after this past weekend went um interest i would say is probably going to be down as far as listening to what we have to say yep seems to happen like that um but you never know. Uh, Southern Miss has a way of uh, losing to someone that we maybe shouldn't and also beating someone that maybe we shouldn't pretty much during every season. So we got that to look forward to. And I don't remember who it was. I think it's SB Nation. Somebody calls us like salty-ass Southern Miss because you just never know what's going to happen. You know, we'll win some games we shouldn't, lose some games we shouldn't. We're very inconsistent and unpredictable. I wonder uh, I wonder what my record would be if I just started betting on uh, football games. Right when I became a huge Southern Miss fan, I think I would be down just a ton of money, uh, just because of that fact right there. You can't ever, and, and I would like to consider myself somewhat of a Southern Miss expert, and I still, I still think that I would be way down. <laughs> well, I would have lost my entire savings this past weekend. Yep. It, it could not have gone any worse. All five hundred bucks. <laughs> it couldn't all five. <laughs> well, that's stretching it a little bit, but yeah. Well, before we talk about the game, let's talk about something else I want to kind of throw out there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, most Southern Miss fans are, of course, New Orleans Saints fans. And the Saints were favored by, what, nine and a half points. And the Buccaneers decide to finally hand the reins over to Todd Munkin, and it paid off. As the Buccaneers defeat the nine and a half point favorite Saints, 48 to 40, under Todd, Mun- Todd Munkin's guidance, the Bucks put up some ridiculous numbers. Let's just look at it as a whole. So R- Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 21 for 28 for 417 yards and four touchdowns. Goodness. A passer rating of 156.3. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Mike Evans, seven receptions, 147 yards. Along of 50, one touchdown. Deshaun Jackson, five receptions for 146 yards, 20, 29.2 average, two touchdowns. Along of 58. I mean, just insane. What, if you've watched the Bucks the past few years, this is not the Bucks team we're accustomed to seeing. And this is not the Ryan Patrick we've seen in, Ryan Fitzpatrick we've seen in quite some time. So I don't, I'm kind of waiting to see, I know a lot of people are down on the Saints right now. I kind of want to see how they bounce back because basically, you you had a a brand new way of doing things coming in there and calling plays, and you had a guy like Todd Munkin who is known to be able to light at the scoreboard. I don't know what took him so long. Did you find yourself uh, a little conflicted while you're watching that game? 
I did. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I know that everybody wanted the Saints to win. I wanted the Saints to win too, and you're a way bigger fan than I am. But every the kind of, every time the camera kind of panned up there to the booth, you see him getting all excited. Uh, and a lot of that stuff you're watching on the field looks very, very familiar. <laughs> I wanted to see. I want to hear him mic'd up. Like they can't. Oh show my it. goodness! They can't show it on normal TV. Maybe if HBO starts covering Bucks games, they can just have it out there. But that would that would make my day. So hey. Kudos to Todd Monk, and if he keeps it up, he'll be an NFL head coach in no time. Hey, finish this sentence for me. Okay. Winner, winner, winner. Blank chicken dinner. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, so great. Uh, you know, I like Coach Hop. Of course, you miss Todd Monk, and you miss just the way he cared himself, the way he, you know, has as brutally honest as he could be with his interviews. And I really think... I mean, somebody's kind of slammed on coach, like on my Twitter feed this week, um, and replying to me when I was posting about the game. But like, I don't blame him for taking that job. I mean, getting to be the offensive coordinator for the Bucks, uh, you know, that could lead to bigger and better things. And, and it looks like it's going to. So I don't fault him. He genuinely loves Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he, and he also genuinely loved being in the NFL and probably genuinely loved not having to recruit, not having to make sure kids are going to class. Uh, you know, it's a no-brainer. It's all, an obvious no-brainer. All with a shoestring budget. I mean. Yes, of course. Know, he inherited a terrible situation and stuck through it and, and brought us back from that to, I guess we've had, what, three straight winning seasons now? Uh, hopefully that continues. We'll, we'll, that remains to be seen. But mm-hmm. let's, um, let's get through this part of things. Uh, this past weekend, <laughs> Southern Miss Golden Eagles took on the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Keep wanting to call them the Indians, but I should not do that. Um, ULM, five point underdogs, comes away with the one point victory as they defeat Southern Miss 21 to 20. A very frustrating game for Southern Miss fans. And usually when we talk about the games, we talk about what we learned and we talk about what we need to work on. But really, I think now we have more questions than answers at this point after that game. Um, there's just so many things that are that are a little confusing. Now, that, that being said, you look back to how the prognosticators projected the season to go for the Golden Eagles. Uh, most of us had, had us fin- finishing middle of the pack. You know, I saw us projected anywhere from six wins to eight. Some people had it below that, but I never really take them seriously anyways. But Southern Miss Falls to ULM. If you take the logo off the helmet, ULM, a very comparable team to the Golden Eagles. You think of Louisiana Monroe, you think of them as being a little subpar, but you know, truth be told, there were people that thought of us back in the day and we'd come into their house and light them up. Uh, they came in and they wanted it and we made enough mistakes to let them have it. Yeah. A game like this, uh, any kind of one point game, there's a, there's a whole lot of ifs after the game, right? Um, and there's really, None bigger than the two missed field goals, but arguably, I mean, you can make the argument that Parker Schoenfield is the best kicker in the country, and he misses two field goals. Granted, they weren't chip shots, but for him, kind of anything's in range. Um, so that's six points right there, and then obviously the fumble in the end zone for a touchdown. Um, that's a whole lot of points given away. So you know, and as far as a disappointment level, um, we're only disappointed because of the. I guess estimated potential <laughs> that we all think that this team has based on the speed, based on the returning players 
And based on what we'd like to think Hop can do with the D and maybe Dawson can do with the O. Um, but, uh, you know, you run into a quarterback like that, that, that was extremely efficient and completely untackleable the entire game. Um, you throw in a few mistakes and you end up with a one point loss. I don't, and you, you mentioned the quarterback and, you know, I, th- I think some people were talking about the lack of a pass rush. I mean, I thought our guys were getting in the backfield. They just could not get, I mean, that guy was, uh, David Garrard part two. I mean, you just could not get to him. It was, uh, he was extremely elusive. He's a very, very stout guy. Um, and if Sherrod Ruff can't catch you, you're pretty fast. So, you know, kudos to him. Uh, Caleb Evans, the quarterback for ULM. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He played a great game. Um, and, you know, we, we owned a, a outside of net yards rushing. We've got a lot of the stats, 23 first downs to 13, uh, passing yards, 378 for us, 195 for them. Total offense, 436 for us, 354 for them. Um, also, I guess we were deficient in the turnover margin. Let's see. We had four turnovers. It looks like they had two. Um, so time of possession for us, 35 uh, minutes, 37 seconds. Time of possession for them, 24 minutes, 23 seconds. And those are just straight turnovers, right? That's not counting like the fourth down. We're correct. Which is basically a turnover. You're right, right. That's basically okay. a turnover. That's mm-hmm. just counting the fumbles and inter- interceptions. So, um, yeah, you, you know. And their points off turnover, they had 14 points off turnovers. So, they scored, what, 21? So, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, and you know, I mean, going into that game, we've talked about it on here. Uh, after that first game, maybe we thought that Jackson State just stacked the box and kind of limited the success of our running backs. Um, that's something that I, I know at least I thought that would be a, there would be a strength, the depth of our running back core uh, going into the season. And through two games here, um, I'm not sure exactly what is going on. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe I, everybody says it's a combination of all things, which is probably closer to the truth. But I think we can all agree that there's something wrong. You know, something's not going correctly. So, and I think the, um, I think the biggest problem that I had, like, if you can't rush the ball, like, if 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 you know the guys can't get the blocks they need, the guys can't make the cuts they make. If if it's just not possible, that's one thing. But when you've got the ball 95 yards away from the end zone with a minute and a half left, and you run two draws in that drive up the middle that get basically nothing and just keep the clock running, that's where you start having some questions about coaching. Uh, and, and I know the past few years, and, and I'm, this is, we are fanboy journalism. This is fanboy journalism at its best. We are armchair quarterbacks. You know, I'm minored in coaching, but that does not mean I can take you any further than Madden as far as Colin <laughs> plays. But, you know, but, 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 but I tell you what we have done. We've seen good ones. Sure. Right. right absolutely. We, 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 we've seen a bunch of good ones in a row. And we've seen a bad one. <laughs> well, and, uh, and, and, and so my eyeballs don't lie. And I know a lot of people slam on Shannon Dawson and I understand it and I have my own questions. I'm not ready to completely throw him under the bus, but there's things that he's done and there's a reputation that preceded him that it, it's, it's, it's kind of getting hard to deny at this point. I mean, you talk about the ill-advised run plays. He did that at Kentucky. Uh, my stepdad, huge Kentucky fan told me when we got him about some of the plays he called and, and, and some of the questions he had, you know, uh, 
running the ball on third and long, which he did several times the other night. Um, and, and you got a quarterback who, yeah, Jack threw two interceptions the other night, but he also had 436 yards passing as well. So, so, so you, so that last drive we ran, cause I think at that, I think that's when I had had enough. And I yeah. usually stay to the end, but I, I, you know, I was one of the final ones to tap out. You were still there. Kind of felt bad about that. And what I also feel about, feel bad about, honestly, <laughs> uh, while I was missing those plays you were talking about, I was hoping, I was really hoping that as I was walking back to the, to the uh, tent to start gathering up the tailgate stuff, I was really hoping that I would hear a roar from the crowd and see some fireworks and that we would have won it. And I would have just felt bad about not watching it. But no, what I do is nearly get in a fight with a guy on the way back to the tailgate tent. Did I say about that? You did tell me about that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, man. Can't take those people sitting in it, sitting out there just watching games, asking me what the score is. He asked me what the score was while he was tailgating. I said, why aren't you in there? He said, because we're watching Florida State. And then I would kind of set a whole bunch of stuff that was really out of line. And if you're listening to this dude, which you're probably not, but if you are, that was my bad. But, um, you were still out there watching Florida State. If, 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 if you're not listening to us and, and us talk about how disappointed we are, um, yeah, flip over to Florida State and see what their guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, but you know, we've talked about it, but before we talk about the fans in the crowd, um, you know, Shannon Dawson, let's get back to that. Uh, you know, the guy seems kind of smug. I, I will say this in the press conference the other day, he pretty much owned it. You know, I don't know if anybody saw that, saw what he had to say in the presser, but he pretty much was like, yeah, we, you know, this is why we ran T Rod, uh, on that fourth and one. Yeah, we probably should have given some of the other guys a chance. I mean, he, he wasn't, he was pretty open and honest about it. So I definitely respect that about him, but he has this reputation that preceded him about, you know, running the quarterback one, two, running plays on where you need, you know, long distance yardage situations. And we've seen that happen every year. I mean, we saw Nick get killed the first year. Um, and I think he's, I mean, I think he's, we've had decent offenses the past two years and, and we put up some yards and some points, but you know, we've seen better under Munkin and Fedora. And I can't explain it. I, I, I honestly can't explain Dawson's offenses because at the, at the end of the game, you're, you're always frustrated. And then you look at the stats and you wonder why you're frustrated. Well, I, I can't explain it. You think about the season that Nick Mullins had in 2015 as opposed to the season he had in 2016. Uh, you know, he really didn't change the, you know, the, the offense was supposed to be similar. Obviously there were some differences, but, um, uh, and, and like I said, he's a, he's a, he's a good coordinator, but it's not as good as we've seen and the, the potential that we think the Southern Miss offense can be. Uh, and maybe he does, you know, Munkin took a lot of chances the other day. Maybe he's just not taking enough chances. There were some times we were very conservative with the play calling. So, yeah, it's nothing's going to change anytime soon. So you hope that they can get it fixed and get it together. Hopefully you can see some more aggression. Hopefully, you know, they kind of feel like their backs are against the wall. I think Southern Miss these past two years has played a lot better when their backs have been against the wall. You think about Hobson's first year in 2016, that last game against Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech, I believe, was a pretty big favorite in that game, and we came in there and lit them up. So, you know, uh, it's been several instances like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we know how it is. I just I just get so bummed. You know, I get so bummed. Here, here's the deal after that game. Um, either we just aren't that good. Um, either we aren't getting the most out of our players 
or it was just a really bad day. It's got to be one of those things. And I just really hope I don't have to ask myself that question all year long. And also in the presser, Dawson said that the running backs they kept in there um, were a little more savvy with the pass protection. And that's fair. I get that. You know, if you're, but, you know, that fourth and one, I, you know, I love T Rod and I, I, I think he's a heck of a player when he's used correctly. Uh, but when you got Steven Anderson sitting on the side, everybody's sitting there going, why isn't Steven Anderson in there on a fourth and one? That dude can barrel over these guys and, and you'd get the first down and keep the drive going. And, and not that, you- not that T-Rod couldn't have gotten it, but he didn't in that, in that, you know, we're having trouble moving the line up front. I remember when Fedora was here, we had a very similar situation going on. And about halfway through the year, the entire stadium, in those situations, just started screaming for Hardy. You remember that? I do. Hardy. You know, like the whole thing. And uh, and I think Fedora – I remember one time, like, Fedora just kind of, like, just shrugged his shoulders, sent him in there. We got the first down. It just makes too much sense. And, and also, like you were saying, like, we believe in T-Rod, obviously. And I totally understand um, coaches who have a depth chart, who have decided on that depth chart, and want to – Honor the depth chart, right? Like, like if this guy's the one, this guy's the two. I totally get that part of it, also. Um, but don't overthink it. You got a guy who can get you a yard. It's almost impossible for him to not to fall forward for a yard. It just is. Um, that guy's just got to get that ball in this situation. I thought you were going to say back to Fedora. I thought you were going to say something about Todd Bradford, um, mm. the coach. But I really don't think. Like I said, I don't think Dawson's done a terrible job. He's just not the most likable guy, and we've seen offenses uh, run better with the talent that we have here. So I mean, that, that's all I'm saying. And yeah, you know, I, he could he could come out this next game and light it up, and I wouldn't be shocked. You know, it's just one of those things where we got to find some consistency. But you know, talking about the coaching, I was thinking about something because you've seen the crowds diminish over the past two and a half, two and two and what, two and a quarter year so far. You've seen the mm-hmm. crowds kind of gradually diminish. And so I looked up Jay Hobson's record at home. And the past two and a third season, a quarter season, whatever, 2016, 2017, and this, the first two games of 2018, Hobson is eight and six at home, five and six versus FBS teams. And if you look at something else here that I found interesting, so 2016, we were four and two at home. 2017, we were three and three. 2018, we are now one and one. Five of those games, five of those six losses, we jumped out to an early lead. That game, that game against Troy in 2016, we had, uh, Devonta Foster had a 61 yard interception return with 11.24 left in the first to take an early seven nothing lead. Then later in Charlotte, Chase Whitehead, a 78 yard touchdown pass from Nick Mullins, uh, this was after both teams had scored, but it was just a, one of those quick strikes down the field for, mm-hmm. for us to take a 14 to seven lead with 35 seconds left in the first. Then in 2017, last year against North Texas, we jumped out to a 14 nothing lead with 528 left in the first. Then against UAB last year, Edo Smith, I think this was the first play of the game. Edo Smith took an 84 yard touchdown pass from Keon Howard with 1440 left in the first. Then this past weekend, ULM, uh, Jalon Adams, a 75-yard touchdown reception from Jack Abraham with 14:47 left in the first. So you get these quick strikes. We get up quick. It's almost like everybody feels like we're going to run away with this game. 
And then five times out of the six losses, uh, they, they all started that same way. So I, I wonder, you hate losing at home. I don't really know what's going on. Why aren't we protecting the house better? I think we were favored in most of these games. Maybe not Kentucky, but pretty much the rest of those, I believe we were favored by Vegas. So yeah. I, I don't understand what, where the lull is at, at, in our house. And that's, you know, we were as frustrated as anybody the other night leaving the stadium. And I hate to say it, but some one of my friends, I'm not going to call him out or say his name, but he mentioned on Facebook, he said, it's almost starting to feel like an obligation rather than something I enjoy. And and, and that really hit home, and it's probably hit home with a lot of people here because when we're doing good, everybody wants to support us. But, you know, when it's not a great experience, when you're not enjoying it, you can't shame people into supporting. Mm-mm. No, and, and hey, I tried it <laughs> back when I was 25 years old, right, uh, trying to get people there, not understanding why they're not going. And who knows, man, I I, I might be a just an old, grumpy man having the same exact argument with myself, but um, I've kind of stopped worrying about the crowds. It was completely disappointed the other night, but uh, at some point, all you can do is show up, try to get other people to show up with you. And then it's kind of up to the, the coaches and the players to go out there and give people that come something to come back and watch again. And all those leads that you're talking about, we blew I don't know. I don't know what the deal with that is either. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like, it seems like under Dawson, when things are going great, um, we are just moving right along. Everything runs smoothly. Um, but then, you know, if, if, uh, if all of a sudden we're losing, um, it just looks panicked out there. Um, pretty much every game except for the first one he ever did. Right. Right. Kentucky right. game. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, look, the guy's got to know way more than I know about football, and I know he does. Um, does he care about Southern Miss as much as I do? Probably not. But uh, I don't think he's trying to do a bad job, but I think he's doing a bad job. I well, think if he continues to do a bad job, then Hop's got to make a choice. Well, what about Hop? And and I, I'm certainly not throwing Hop under the bus. You know, everybody loves Coach Hop. Uh, you know, I, I – I still feel like he's going to get everything headed in the right direction. I just have more questions now because the first two seasons you say, okay, well, you know, he's getting in here. We don't have a full roster. We still don't have a full roster this year. But in year three, you really don't expect to lose to a team like a ULM that you're a five-point favorite in this game. You really don't expect to lose games like that at home. And it was it's, it's really, really deflating and – I hope it doesn't derail the crowds for the rest of the season. I hope we can do something to spark the interest and get everybody coming back. But to me, almost, you know, in some of these games, it just doesn't feel like there's a fire there. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, sure does make sense. And that's where he comes in, man. And I think he'll do it. Um, I think, I think he'll rally the troops. And at the end of the day, not to steal a hopism there, but, um, we, we've got too many good players on this football team. Um, to keep struggling. And I think it's really as simple as getting the running game going. What do you think? I mean, just, just, I know a lot of things go into that offensive line play. Uh, just somehow we got to get these running backs to that second level where they can, um, get themselves in space and do some special things. And then all of a sudden Jack's not looking over his shoulder, getting skittish in the pocket, fumbling the ball. I, you know, I, I think it does start up front and, and I know we got some talent. We got some young talent. I mean, we talked about it 
in the preseason about having a true freshman as as your starting center. And I, I don't I haven't watched closely enough to see who's doing good and bad and who's doing bad and who's you know who needs work who doesn't. But it just doesn't seem like we're getting that push up front that you would need to get the running game going. And two, I really haven't seen. Um, I don't want to throw Tez under the bus, but I haven't really seen him be that elusive. And and maybe last year, maybe Ito kind of was able to cover up some of the holes we had with with the way he's able to play and, and juke and move and everything else. As uh, Tez seems to be like it's pretty much a straightforward downhill runner, and, and maybe if the blocking was a little better, he'd be able to get a little further on down the field. Um, but we did see some potential out of Anderson and, and Mosley. And I know that um, Darius Mayberry, you know, I don't know how far away he is from a comeback, but he's a guy with just probably as much ten- potential, if not more than anybody out there. So um, hopefully they can get it figured out. Hopefully this, hopefully it's just something that they can, they can be coached or, or something that uh, a little motivation could help with. I, I don't know. I don't know the answers, but it, this is probably the worst rushing attack we've had in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Hey, we can all agree on that. And it's not up to us to try to fix it. It's up to the coaches to fix it. So they get paid for it's what they've uh, it's what they've done their entire lives. So uh, everybody's identified the problem. It's time for them to go fix it. And that's all we can do. I mean, what does having a meltdown on social media or mess? What does that accomplish? I mean, other than just letting yourself vent, it's uh. You know, and everybody's disappointed, but some people just like, I'm never coming to another game as long as it's like, come on, you're going to come to another game. You know, <laughs> this is a game played by 18 to 23. Yeah, look, 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 you cannot take it any more seriously than I take it. And I've never come to that point. I just have. Now, I will think about putting less effort into tailgating. <laughs> Don't get I, me wrong. I, and I understand. Uh, I, I totally understand the frustration, but mm-hmm. you know. Uh, as, as much as the team and the rushing attack needs to get together, some of our diehard fans, some of our listeners, some of the people we love, mm-hmm. just hold it together, man. We we got <laughs> we got ten games left in the season. I think uh, we got plenty of opportunities to, to right the ship, and uh, we got some winnable games out there, and we got some games that you know we we may not win, but hey, if we put up a good fight, I think it'll show on what we can build for the future. So let's just put this ULMK behind us right now. Let's move forward. So usually. The past few years, we'll we'll come to the games and we'll record some interviews with different people. We started off doing one of them. We didn't get much further than that, but really wanted to talk to this guy. This guy's a dear friend of mine. He works in iTech. He had some insight as to the situation with the new sound system. So please welcome our guest today, Lee Chambliss. Here at the To The Top Talk tailgate, here with one of my dear friends, Works in iTech. You probably haven't seen him up there handling the sound, but Lee Chambliss is here with me. And what a huge difference the atmosphere was in the stadium last week. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, we, this year we, we rolled out a brand new sound system courtesy of uh, the athletic department. They decided that was that was one of the big talking points for fans last year that they wanted to upgrade the sound system. So they pulled out all the stops. We, uh, we partnered with uh, Dan Lee. Uh, Sound Labs. Uh, we partnered with um, uh, Anthony James Group uh, to, to basically up the, the the sound system. It's it's all completely brand new, all digital system. Uh, I, I think uh, last week with uh, with the crowd really spoke and said that you know we had a great. Uh, they they really enjoyed 
Uh, the new system sounded great. I don't think anybody had any problems hearing, so. No, not at all. Not other than the band playing over everything. But, um, you know, sound and communications. My grandfather was the accountant there for like 30 years. Okay. Yeah, sound comment. They, those guys are pros. Like, we, they came in, and we had a very tight deadline. What a lot of people don't know is we didn't start work on this until about two weeks before the, uh, the opener. So we didn't know. I was waiting with bated breath to find out if we were going to turn this thing on before Saturday. So whenever we were able to get it done, they worked, you know, countless hours getting it ready, taking down the old speakers, you know, running new cable, everything. They were, they were just absolute pros. They were in the booth with us on Saturday, making changes on the fly, helping us out with that, even helping with our ESPN3 broadcast with, with the, in the video controller and trying to make sure they got audio for that. Um, Soundcom can't say enough good stuff about them, so I uh, highly recommend them as a, as, as a company. But I mean, they, they no, no stone unturned on that, and they they even when we needed to add extra stuff, they were they were there for it. You know, and I sit in the end zone, and it's always been a problem hearing, even when the the, the system wasn't you know com- in the shape it was last year. It's always a problem being able to hear that. But last week, like I said, night and day. Well, most fans probably didn't know this, but so when the south end zone was built, there were no speakers pointed at that area because there used to be a scoreboard in that area. So there was nothing there. So when they bolted in, they didn't think about turning any speakers into it. So it was dead. Not only that, you're getting early and late reflections from reverb basically bouncing off of all the different surfaces in the stadium. So you don't hear anything. Either that or it's canceled out or or something like that. Well, now Danley and uh, uh, Soundcom came in, pointed speakers at the south end zone, and for an audio nerd like me, you know, walking the stadium when they first turned it on, normally you can hear whenever you walk past a speaker and you can say, okay, that speaker is shooting at me, and then you move to a different area, okay, there's a speaker there pointed at me. This system, you can't tell. All you know is you can look up at the scoreboard and say, okay, sound is originating from this area, but it's complete coverage all the way around the stadium. Like, I, there's no dead spots. It's very uniform. It's very uh, – the, the clarity is amazing. I think if you, got, if you guys came to the game last year, like you are saying about Jackson State, you know, if you're trying to compete with the Sonic Boom, you're going to lose that battle every time. But – Today, I know ULM is bringing a band, but I think that uh, we're going to really, we're going to really showcase what the system can do today. Now that we've kind of got the kinks worked out and all that other stuff, we're, we're really going to uh, let it fly today. You're kind of like me, dude. You're kind of like a, I'm not saying I'm a jack of all trades, kind of like a renaissance, renaissance man. You always get your hands in a lot of different things, but you are a member of a, a very popular band around here called the Prom Knights. Yeah. The last time I saw you guys, you broke out the SOU cheer. It was awesome. Yes. Where can the fans check out the prom nights? Uh, yeah, uh, so we're actually playing uh, the Friday before the next home game, which is September 21st. We're going to be playing at Brewski's, or their hometown crowd, man. It's going to be a good weekend. We're playing Friday, 17th floor, a great band. They're playing after the game on uh, on Saturday. But uh, we're terrible, so please come and see us. Uh, we'd, uh, we'd really like to see all you guys out there. And uh, so September 21st, we'll be back at Brewski's. That was... Lee Chambliss talking a little bit about the sound system. You know, a, a little beacon of light here in this episode of Gloom and Doom. <laughs> we can talk a little bit about the sound system. It's been great. I've enjoyed having it at the stadium. It's really added a lot to the atmosphere at the Rock. So let's move forward. This Saturday, September the 15th, 2018, allegedly, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles are going to take on App State. Uh, Appalachian State, because of Hurricane Florence, they've already canceled classes, uh, I believe, from Wednesday evening through the rest of the week. So not sure if this game's going to take place or not. No word as of this recording. 
But so we're just going to act like it's probably going to happen, although it doesn't seem like it will or we don't know. Jason, tell us a little bit about this Appalachian State football team. Okay, Appalachian State. Um, Appalachian State is in Boone, North Carolina. Uh, they have been FBS since 2014 and are in the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, when they uh, were in the FCS, they won three straight FCS championships, 2005, 6, and 7. They play at a football field, also called The Rock. They wear black and gold. Their record to this point is 1-1. One and one. They lost an overtime game to Penn State, 45-38 to 38 at Penn State, and they just beat the Tar out of Charlotte, 45-9 to nine at Charlotte. This game, if it happens this week, would be their home opener. And they're they're also they're also putting in a new like beer garden there as well for anybody who can for anybody who can swim over there to the game. Um, and hey, while we're while we're talking about that, shout out to our good friend and uh, regular on the show Shane Lott, uh fighting it out there in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hopefully he. Makes it through everything okay. Him and his wife, Catherine. Uh, best of luck to you guys. Best of luck to any of the listeners out there in the South Carolina, North Carolina area, or Washington, D.C., as a matter of fact. Uh, it, hopefully, everybody makes it through okay with, with minimal damage and loss. All right, so Appala- is it Appalachian or Appalachian? I don't think it matters. App State. We'll just roll, roll with that. There's an app for that. There's an app for that. That's exactly right. Looking at the forecast this week, I personally think that as far as just a football game goes, I think that you could get a game in if you wanted to. But as much rain as they're going to have over there, as far as travel goes, as far as just panic in the state, as far as uh, first responders coming to the area or, or folks coming to work on power, it, you know, it may not be possible. It would just seem kind of silly to have a football game going on, e- even if it's far enough away. Um, it's like, like the rest of the state is in turmoil, right? Right. It would just seem kind of silly. And not to mention that we're forever away. I mean, this is, uh, it's a long way to go. Um, just in my opinion, if the storm is anywhere near what they say it's going to be, I just think it would be silly to play the football game this weekend. Well, and you know, this storm is a lot like the storm last year that devastated Houston in that it's, it's kind of, it's going to be a slow mover. So it's going to sit on top of the, the east side of that state and just pour. Uh, I'm looking at the projections right now, and the 2 p.m. forecast for Saturday and the 2 p.m. forecast for uh, Friday are not very far apart. Um, as a matter of fact, it looks like the 2 p.m. on Saturday is going to be sitting right on top of Shane. So, You know, I tried to get those guys to leave. I texted him. I said, man, get out of there. He's like, no. You know, and I think there's really, there's two kinds of people. There's people that say, heck no, man, I'm riding it out. Then there's guys like me where I'm like, mm, looks pretty bad. Holler. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I don't think there's any kind of in between. But I tell you this, if there's any people that can survive it, if the uh, you know what actually hits the fan, it's those guys. Because I'm guaranteeing you, he's got some kayaks hanging up in the garage. <laughs> they probably know the mountain terrain because they go hiking all the time. So um, so they're going to make it out just fine. But uh, but no, if it were me, I, I would I would probably be coming to visit uh, us this weekend, but he's not. So I really see where his heart lies. Thanks, Shane. This is the third time that Southern Miss and App State have met. The first time taking place on December the 1st, 1937. It's Golden Eagles winning 7 to nothing. Then they also played in a fundraiser, uh, which I don't know that it necessarily counted. Or wait, I don't know. 
Maybe these notes are a little off. It's got us having a 2-0 record against them. The last time we played was September 20th, 2014. If you remember, this would have been our second win that season, the first one coming against Alcorn State. So really, uh, you know, since Larry Fedora, this was our second FBS win, the first one being over UAB the year before that. So the Golden Eagles defeat App State at, in the Rock 21-20. to Dasmond McCullum blocked an extra point attempt with six seconds left in the game for Southern Mississippi. If you look at that picture, I know I'm in there and I'm no Diane's in there. You can see us just sitting there back with our faces just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, as, as he was blocking that kick. Uh, it was a great moment. It was, so, it was so, it was one of those things where we were so grateful just to have a win. Yes. Yes. And as, as bad as, it, you know, <laughs> as bad as we feel right now, hey, all of us that went through 2012, I think we've proved that we can. It's, it's like it's like the people that went through Katrina. There might be a storm coming, but if you made it through that one, you can probably make it through anything. <laughs> so that little one point loss we had the other day, um, I, 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 you know, no doubt in my mind we can come back from that. Golden Eagles right now 16 point underdogs uh, to the App State Appalachians. Well, what are they? I don't even know what they are. What are they? Mountaineers. Oh, that's right. I should know that. It's right here in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Just cue up that Weather Channel music right in the in the, in the spot. Yeah, I, you know I did that on the show last year at some point. Uh, I, I hope we get. I hope we. I hope we figure out a way to make something happen. I know it seems unlikely, and like you said, you know there there are definitely more pressing issues. But uh, I sure would like for our, even if it's even if we can't pull up the victory, I, I think we certainly need the reps right now. But um. I got a uh, I got a few stats here that'll scare everybody about the game this weekend. All right, let's let's hear them. So they're averaging 41.5 points per game, 150 on the ground, 295 through the air for around 442 per game. Uh, to say they have an efficient passing game is an understatement. Uh, 41 of 51 with one interception. 41 of 51. Um, They've scored 42 of their 83 points in the fourth quarter this year, so they seem to get stronger as the game goes along. Zach Thomas, their quarterback, individually is uh, is uh, 39 of 52. He threw the one pick. He's also got five TDs. That is a 75% clip, which is like Drew Brees type of numbers. And he's also ran 23 times for 92 yards. So it sounds like the guy last week with even more accuracy. Awesome. Um, Jalen Moore is their main running attack, 29 rushes, uh, rushes, 126 yards with one score. And like I said, this is still their home opener. <laughs> so <laughs> it just scares the crap out of me. Well, and I know they played Penn State. Um, I think should have Char- won. Should have won that game. Uh, Charlotte's a pretty rough team. We played Jackson State. Uh, we played a ULM team that I think is a little better than Charlotte. Just, and that's just, yeah. Taking the local peeling the logo off the helmet and being honest. So factor in the Penn State, factor in the Jackson State. Um here's a couple of comparisons for you. Uh net rushing, first two games. We are averaging 130 yards a game, put us hundredth in the country. They're averaging 149 a game, puts them eighty-seventh in the country. Net passing, we are averaging three hundred and sixteen point five yards per game. Uh that's uh for twenty-fourth in the country. They are averaging 293.5 puts them at 32nd in the country. Uh, interceptions, we've got four. They've got one. Total offense, we're averaging 446.5 yards a game. They're averaging 
2.5 yards a game. Uh, fumbles, we've given up three. They've given up two. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, rushing, we've given up uh, 130 yards a game. It's good for 50, 51st best in the country. They've given up 150 yards in the game per game for 75th. Uh, net passing, we've given up 146.5 yards per game. They're good for 20th in the country. They've given up 168.5 for uh, 38th in the country. So uh, total defense, we're 21st in the country, giving up 276.5 a game. They are 46th in the country, giving up 31.30, uh, excuse me, 318.5. My apologies if I messed any of those up. But looking at that, kind of factoring in the, the opponents, it could be a little more even than we think. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the numbers don't lie. I get it. Well, I mean, you have um, to factor in the strength of schedule and all that good stuff, and, and I totally get that. And I, I see why I would certainly pick App State at this point to win the game. But if you break it down and, and look at those numbers, I mean, the rushing obviously is a little bit, you're kind of going like, okay, well, we, we we're averaging 130 yards in a game, but you know our first string is averaging a lot less than that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so. Hey, let me ask you this: How would you feel if our first two games were flip flopped? Like we opened up the season, lost to Monroe by one, had a whole bunch of question marks. Then we played Jackson State and looked like we did that game, and you know Jack just went straight legend and that one and everything. Uh, would you feel any differently? I don't I think, think so. I would. I, th- I think I would. I think I would say, you know what? Game one, hey, Monroe's up. Monroe's pretty good. Uh, and then we corrected everything. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't think the. I don't. I don't think the crowd would have been there for game two. I think mm-hmm. there would have been. Um, you know, there was excitement with game one, and you had Jackson State, and and some people came to see the band, and 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 it's Southerners fans are weird. When you have back to back games, usually somebody will pick one or the other, right? Um, and hey, we didn't even talk about this, but. The honorary captains for the game the other day against ULM, although I said I was done with that game, Brett Favre and Doug Peterson. It was great to see them out there. Uh, they did a little Q&A before the game, apparently. I didn't know anything about that. And then the people who got received the golden tickets, um, which was at times a little strange, but some other times it, it worked out well how they put that together. It was a neat promo. Um, yeah, the game couldn't have started off any better. Yeah, you started off with those guys at the 50-yard line. Um, and then we scored like right off the bat on a, you know, crazy, exciting play. Right. And, uh, then there was the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but hey, you know what we got to do? I, I'm, I'm, while you're saying that, I was looking through our stats. You know how many sacks we have this year? How many? Two. Yeah. I think we have way too much talent in that front seven to have two sacks at this point. I know we had the guy behind the line and he scrambled out of there, but, uh, you know, it seems like their guys, being the opponents, are getting to our quarterback way more often than we're getting to their quarterback. Yeah, and I think that's got to change, and I think we have the team to do it. I hope so, man. And I, you know, like you said, I think we would have had certainly had more sacks because I, I mean, there was probably about three or four times the other day where I thought we were about to get a sack. I mean, it just seemed like it was going to happen. Um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about how the, the season from here on out. So App State, we'll see if that game happens or not. Rice, uh, although Rice ended up being a little tougher than we thought they were going to be, they they really took it to Houston. I think that's a very winnable game. Auburn, I don't really think we'll win that game. Uh, North Texas seems unlikely that we'll win that game. 
Uh, UTSA, that's a winna- very winnable game. Charlotte, a very winnable game. Marshall, I think, is still kind of up in the air. UAB, I think, maybe a little more in the air than we thought. Uh, Louisiana Tech, another one kind of up in the air. Then UTEP, I think we should win. So we got some winnable games, and we got some games that are, that I still, even though as poorly as we played this past weekend, I think that we'd have some pick'ems. So I'd say that's two definite losses. That's what one, two, three, four definite wins, and then the others are kind of up in the air. Mm-hmm. Is, is that I'll, fair? Yeah. No, I'll go along with that. And and it's it's just like anything else. Look, we stream together two or three in a row. Uh, that's contagious. And it'll get the fans excited. It, it all just kind of it, it just snowballs. Um, and it can go the other way too. And we've seen both of them. So um, uh, we got we, this. This here we are. You know, two games in, and let's see where it goes. Uh, we all know that we have some talent to uh to win some football games. Um, we just gotta we just gotta go do it. Gotta finish. And I think this. I think that. With these Jay Hobson coach teams, I think that when the backs have, when our backs have been against the wall, we've shown up. You know, you think about when we were five and six, Nick Mullins had had the ligament out of his hand or whatever, then he got knocked out against Charlotte. Uh, we were taking on Louisiana Tech, who I believe was favored at least by a touchdown. And, uh, we came in there and lit them up. You know, you think about, uh, times last year where you'd, you'd have a loss to a, UNT or to a UAB, you bounce back, you'd, uh, take out, um, a UTSA, who I think was projected to beat us. Mm-hmm. And then you take out Louisiana Tech. Um, so hopefully with our backs being against the wall, we can, you know, put up, let's see the fight. I think everybody just wants to see the fight. I think if you see the fight in the Golden Eagles, I think everybody, I say everybody, but I think everybody will feel better about things. Yep. I'm looking forward to it, uh, but <laughs> like I said, if we do play this one this weekend, I'm just a little, I'm just a little timid right now. But uh, hey, I, I know that Hop's gonna get them ready. I know we're gonna go out there and strap it on and uh, and give them a good fight. So we'll, well see it. Well, let's shut it down, dude. Do you do you have a Twitter follow of the week? I do have a Twitter follow of the week, and I have to find it. <laughs> it's uh, it's Shane Lott. Okay, it's at. At F5 underscore to the top. That's Shane over there in North Carolina. You guys go follow him. Um, he is uh, one of the most knowledgeable Southern Miss guys on the planet. Um, just had to move out to North Carolina for a job, jobby job situation. But um, but he's a great follow. And I'm going to try to do this every week. I'm going to try to give out one Twitter follower per week. And maybe you can handle the Instagram side of that. I don't know. I don't do the Instagram. But uh, – but yeah, uh, once per week I'm gonna do this, and this week it is our buddy Shane. Uh, tweeted him, tell him to get out of Dodge because he won't listen to me. <laughs> you just did that because you think he's gonna drown this week. I did. Yeah. Well, this might be the last time you get to tweet him, so you should go <laughs> ahead and, and and take the opportunity. We're gonna have to take this episode down if something happens to him. I know it's gonna be horrible. Yeah. If you're on if you're on Instagram though, like seriously, I'm not even kidding about this. Uh, great follow, Marshant Kenny. Not even kidding. Go follow Marchant on Twitter at Marchant Kenny. Great follow. Let's shut it down. Follow us on Twitter at To the Top Talk. Follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. Follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey on Facebook as well. To the Top Talk and Jamie Arrington Comedy. Upcoming comedy shows. We've talked about this show the past few weeks. One of the biggest shows we've had come through the Hub City, making his fourth appearance right here in Hattiesburg. Hannibal Burris at the Sanger Theater 
on Friday, October the 19th. That's the night before homecoming. I've talked to several people who have already made hotel plans to come in town uh, the night before, come enjoy the show, and then enjoy all the homecoming festivities the following day. Look Hannibal up on YouTube, Comedy Central app. He's got a couple of specials out on Netflix. Plenty of opportunities to see if he is your speed of comedy. But uh, for many people, they already know about him, and they're excited about the show. Ticket sales are – we haven't sold out yet, but they're, they're, they're moving along. This is pr- they're probably moving along faster than most every show I've ever done. But wow, you guys come out and check out Hannibal at the Sanger Theater. Still plenty of tickets left, but we still got a month to go. Next week, we may or may not be talking about Southern Miss versus Appalachian State or Appalachian State or App State. And we're going to hopefully you – know, no, this is the thing, Jason. We talk about Hurricane Florence, but there's a tropical storm down in the bottom of the Caribbean called uh, Isaac. Mm-hmm. right now that's going to be down there in the bottom and they don't really know where it's going to go yet so we may have a scare two weeks in a row as far as canceled games though fingers crossed that it doesn't happen but with uh the way isaac's going it seems like it could be a possibility at least it'll just going to come into the gulf and be a scare of some kind so hopefully that doesn't happen but if uh if all goes well we'll be previewing southern miss and rice next week don't forget to check out the archives. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating and review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. Jason, any final words? Beat App State or give us a rain out. There you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. Talk.